dramatic. Uh, have you guys have you guys noticed how in 2022 uh, everything is on fire? Have you guys ever, have you guys noticed that? Like just yesterday, I got another text message from Regal, right? Yes, the theater, and it was like summer deal is on fire, <laughs> and it was like. For 60-something dollars plus your soul, you can get unlimited movies or something, you know, and it was just like, man, if it's, yeah, I mean, it's like, well, they almost had me, you know, because if it's on fire, you know, like, that's what we want, you know what I'm saying? Like, if we brought someone back today from, like, the 1800s or something, they would just be running around with buckets of water because everyone's like, it's on fire, you know? Like, everything from this girl to the roof is on fire today, and we, we're loving it, you know? We're loving it. And, uh, in fact, you know you've arrived when, when someone in the, the comment section of your, 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 your post leaves not one, not two, but three fire emojis, right? That's how you know that you've arrived with whatever you're doing uh, if, if, we're, if it's burning to the ground, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so, yeah, we, 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 we love it, um, you know. Back in the 90s, we used to drop it like it's hot. Today, if it's hot, we pick it up. Uh, so, uh, it's, it's, it's totally different. It's totally different, you know. That's why no, that's why no one plays hot potato anymore. They would just hold it, uh, so. What? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So today we are in uh, Luke chapter 12, and we are sort of toggling uh, a little bit between Luke 3 that Hannah read for us. And, uh, but Luke 12 sits here in this sort of apocalyptic um, pericope, this sort of section here dealing with sort of more apocalyptic themes uh, where Jesus is uh, with uh, his disciples, a group of others, and he's teaching. And, uh, and I want to jump in at verse 49. It says, uh, it should be in your handout, this is the NIV. It says, I have come to bring fire on the earth. Uh, some translations say, I've come to start a fire. And how I wish it were already kindled or ablaze. But I have a baptism to undergo, and what constraint I am under until it is completed. Uh, so immediately, it's like, what kind of fire are we talking about here? What kind of baptism is Jesus referring to here? And already, right, we've read this other text, and there's sort of like, if you're catching it, this is sort of a throwback already to Luke 3, right, where John is informing us that Jesus is, is coming, the Messiah. He will baptize us with Holy Spirit, with fire. And then if you know where this is going, right, because Luke, Acts, right, same book, uh, and, and just a handful of chapters will be in uh, Acts where, um, right, the Holy Spirit comes in the form of, right, fire. And so, uh, verse 51, do you think I came to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you, but division, right? It's the Christmas song no one loves to sing, right? Not peace on earth, but <laughs> division on earth. From now on, there will be five in one family divided against each other, three against two, two against three, right? Jesus is like giving us stats all of a sudden, right? Uh, you know, one in 12 disciples will betray you, you know? It's like, okay, what's, what's happening? Verse 53, 
they will be divided. Father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. But it's worth noting that son-in-laws and mother-in-laws are totally fine. Uh, like, just left out. So that was encouraging, I thought. Verse 54, And he said to the crowd, When you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say, It's going to rain. And it does. And when the south wind blows, you say, It's going to be hot. And it is. Hypocrites. You know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this time? It's the word of the Lord. Wow, wow. It's fascinating, isn't it? He's like talking to a group of teachers and Pharisees, right, who, who know, seem to know everything, right, but they don't yet recognize God as God stands before them and what he's up to in the world. Uh, I think we often struggle with passages of scripture like this because um, generally we feel comfortable when we can interpret the Bible uh, a little more literally. Are you with me? Like we want it, we want the Bible to be straightforward as possible, right? We want it to just give us the one-for-ones, the clear meanings, uh, but this is, this is hard to do, right? In an ancient text that is thousands of years old, that was written in another, another language, that is from a different culture and a different time and a different space. And so when, when we want to get, when we want to have like fundamentalists and, and in literal translations of scripture, right, they always end up just, just being very sort of lacking, right and what they produce and they they very often when we translate try to translate this way we end up with a very punitive god uh, and version of god's work and so these sort of rigid interpretations have tried to make clean boxes around many uh, scriptural themes uh, particularly one of like uh, the holy spirit and fire and judgment and that whole just theme that happens right all throughout uh, scripture in the bible and uh right but it is true that that sort of this sort of like fire and judgment this shows up a lot uh together in scripture um but it does kind of make you scratch your head right is is this all what we've tried to sort of uh put a clean box around uh historically and so look at someone this morning and say fire fire right we're gonna do this a few times just to make sure you guys are with me so fire i thought about actually like doing doing one of my like build a fire here but i was like ah we're inside i want the smoke alarms to go off that would just have done that before though um yeah yeah fire right as with all things that god has made is good it is important it is part of the ecosystem we would all uh right not survive very well without fire um it is uh, it's good Fire, especially in scripture, um, is a, uh, primarily understood as a purifying agent, something that, that makes things pure and refines them and forms them and gives them purpose. Uh, has anyone here uh, ever watched Fortune and Fire? 
Force of Fantasy. Yes, Michaela. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That's why we work well together. Yeah. Yeah, Force of Fire. It's, it's like, it's, you know, it's good. I've, I've seen a handful of it. I haven't seen like, the whole show. But, uh, you know, it is, like, fascinating to think about. Like, you know, I've been told, like, my great-grandfather was, like, a blacksmith. You know what I'm saying? It's, like, it's, it's fascinating to think, like, not that long ago in history, there was someone who lived in your neighborhood who regularly had a shop who kept some oven burning at around 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit and was, like, fixing horseshoes. Like, this was, like, a regular part of like what happened in your community right um, but anyway it's fascinating watching the show and all the things that go into forging in fire right or just building like a simple sword right uh, like you do and uh, you know there's sort of like the, the steps are like uh, like you design it right you're like okay here's what I want my sword to look like and here's what I want it to be made out of you do sort of the meticulous work of of sort of choosing and picking and and designing and and then finally after all that right you you've got to to heat it up and so initially you want to heat up your steel to around 2100 to 2200 degrees Fahrenheit until literally this this metal is glowing yellow right and and at that point is when you take your anvil and take your hammer you pull the thing out hopefully not with your hands uh with some tongs you're holding it there and you're just whacking the thing <laughs> you're just going to town on this like molting piece of lava here like on this anvil just with just like shaping this sword right there's just flying hot metal you know it's like this is this is how you do it right and after you do that for a long time you you've got to to reheat it to around 1400 degrees and let it cool back down to room temperature after you've done that and then you've got to do that process three more times and then you got to do it one more time to quench it right anyone ever done some quenching Michaela has. <laughs> so you've got this vat of oil, okay, and you, you pull it out again, and you have to do this as quick as possible, except without dropping it and burning yourself, uh, because the quenching, right, is what actually hardens it. It's what makes it strong, and so you pull it out, and as quickly as you can, you go down into this vat of oil, right and you bring it back to room temperature and then it's like you know but this part is crucial to get right and then finally after you've done that you got to pull it out and then you're sanding and you're sanding and you're sanding right and then right you've got to reheat it again uh like to a lower temp and then finally you bring it out again and then you've got to just start sharpening you're sharpening 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 making the hill anyway easy peasy right uh, you know, it's like, <laughs> ain't no thing, ain't no thing, right? Do you ever feel like sometimes you're like in the middle of being forged in fire? It's like, it's like you're, you're somewhere, you're, you're somewhere in the middle of this process. You're like on the third reheat or something, you know, you're like, ah, oh, we're going back in. You know, it's just like, Some of you guys, some of you guys, uh, uh, have you ever been quenched, right? Got quenched? Some of us, COVID was like a big forged in fire, wasn't it? 
Some of you guys came out of COVID like a samurai sword, you know, you're like, it was like, you know, like, man, just, yes, yeah, life can, life can kind of be like that a little bit, can it? It's, uh, you know, it's very similar to what, right, Miss Independence herself, right, Kelly Clarkson, right, doesn't kill you makes you stronger, are you with me? Yeah, doesn't kill you. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's like it'll get in there. By the way, my daughter's story has an entire choreographed dance to this song. If you guys are interested in learning, but uh, it's cliche. But um, there, there's a reason we've always said this sort of thing, right? Because there's something underneath here. Oh well, this there, there's something truth going on here. This part of the DNA, right? It's no secret that the tests and the trials and the struggles, right, do make us stronger, right? Uh, right, nerd check. Anybody watch Dragon Ball Z back in the day? Yeah, you did. Go ahead, put that hand up. Hand, yes, get it up. Yeah, you know that. You know, like if you're a Saiyan, which is a race of people, right? And you get like the stew beat out of you when you're, and, and if you're half dead, and then you're able to recover, right? You get like crazy strong after that, right? Eventually, until you become what? Somebody. A super saiyan, right? And you got the flaming yellow hair, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm telling you, if you guys haven't watched it, it's so good. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the reason this section begins the way it does is Jesus is in distress. And this is a really raw moment in Scripture when we're catching an authentic, stressful, human, emotional reaction from Jesus who is pressed upon by the world, by his, his on his way to the, to the passion, right, to the cross. And so, uh, yeah, it's like we know this kind of well, don't we? Uh, right, this sort of stress test of life, you know. It's like who hasn't at some point gone through a season and looked back and said, well, that was, that was like baptism by fire, right? Because when you know, you know. And if you don't know, well, right, you'll know, uh, right? Because fire really does become the ultimate language to describe the sort of pyrotechnics of the kingdom of God, right? Why even familiar relationships get sort of shaken here? Because at the end of the day, right, yes, fire is uh, destructive, right? But here's the deal this morning. The way that God's fire is destructive is also the way in which God's fire is salvific. Okay? Look, look again at Luke 3. I, I love this text. John, John answers them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come, and the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor, Right? And to gather the wheat into his barn, and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. It's interesting. I find it interesting the Holy Spirit is always getting connected with water and fire. You ever, ever caught that, right? Say like water and fire, like these two just juxtaposed, but yet both like purifying agents, right? Water cleanses in one way. Fire cleanses in a whole other way, right? And, th and this winnowing uh, metaphor, uh, right? Man, it's like, 
just just blown away like everything that is not nutritious everything that is not used for making bread everything that is is not worth keeping that is not part of the ongoing thing right fire makes quick work of it right the stuff that we don't need that's holding us back that's part of the old thing right that 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 we must shed and shake it off and move forward and grow up right this 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 baptism is about everything that doesn't belong right that is false that is evil that is not good that is not fruitful right let let it be burned away right this is literally how we make things pure right by the melting away the dross and so our salvation is intrinsically intertwined with fire this is this is like crazy clear throughout the old testament and especially here in luke acts uh this morning right it's about our cleansing Fire is about uh, God making us in creation the, the, into the people and the place that we're meant to be, right? It's about this sort of purification through the Holy Spirit, right? Come Holy Spirit, start a fire in me. In the holiness uh, tradition that we're a part of, we talk a lot about uh, the baptism of fire as sort of the language of like, uh, like a, a, the second baptism, we talk about like a second baptism right second baptism is like the one that that you you put your money where your mouth is it's like it's 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 like the baptism that you put your works with your words it's like when your salvation has finally traveled that distance from your heart up to your head and then taking the slow escalator ride down to your like feet and out to the tips of your fingers right second baptism right it's it's why in this text that we read in luke 12 right right before this is this whole this whole parable about what it means to be faithful stewards of the master's resources and then again right before right in this luke 3 text that we read right the it's prequeled with okay here's the deal so share resources don't extort money right it's because when you're baptized by the Holy Spirit, right, everything else starts burning away, right? The kingdom of God is suddenly all that, that really is mattering here. That, that it's all that I'm up to. It's all that I'm living for. Like, it's all that really matters. There's no distractions here. And so here's the deal, right? I'm going to wrap this up. The, the thing is with either of these baptisms, sort of the harsh reality is that one of these you're 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 drowning <laughs> and the other one is you're still getting burned <laughs> it's like since since when has love not been painful are you with me like should should we really be that surprised right since when has any journey worth taking right not involved sweat and exhaustion and risk and immense amounts of discomfort and effort and sacrifice and and so what what if that drowning and what if this burning what if this fire that jesus is is bringing is meant to melt away everything that doesn't belong and you know when we think about these you know these times that, that form us and that shape us and that are hard right uh you know we 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 pray and we we know that that while God doesn't cause these times, God for sure uses those sorts of times in our lives, right? But as I was thinking through all this, one of the things um, that kept coming in my mind, right? We're all familiar with the fruits of the Spirit, you know? 
Galatians 5. If you read Galatians 5, there's sort of like, there's like a juxtaposing text as well, right? The, the fruits of uh, not the Spirit, right? The bad fruits or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I just want to read this little bit around uh, Galatians 5. This is from the message version. And, uh, right, what, what is it that doesn't belong? What is it that needs to melt away? Paul writes, he says, It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. I could go on. This isn't the first time I've warned you, you know. If your freedom, if you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. I wonder what in our life this morning might need melting away. I wonder what in our life this morning needs to burn up in the wake of God's meteoric kingdom and breaking upon our lives this morning and what sort of refining flame we're willing to submit to. You know, the one arc narrative through Scripture that's constant, and especially in the Gospels, is, right, repentance, surrender. And, and you guys know I'm not a huge proponent of the evangelical uh, stuff that a lot of us experienced growing up. <laughs> uh, and sort of some of those manipulative altar calls uh, that you may or may not have experienced. But you know what the one thing that they did get right uh, is a spirit of surrender, of prayer, of turning around, of confession, uh, right? Of, of saying, man, I do have some things in me here that need to be washed, that need to be cleaned, that need to be burned away. Are you with me? And so I hope this morning that this is our prayer as the people of God and our hunger is for a second baptism this morning. So I want to pray and uh, Caleb's going to come and, and the kids are on their way back here in a second. But um, we're going to sing this song together. But let me pray for us. Lord, I continue to give you thanks uh, this morning. We just sort of scratch the surface of your word and what's going on here in this text, God, but we do, God, pray that you would continue to burn 
away everything here, God, that doesn't belong. Sometimes, God, I think we're tempted to do theological uh, dancing and, and jump through theological hoops to try to make sense of love and a God who is love and a God who is just and the God who speaks to us about fire and all things, God. But maybe, uh, maybe the gift is that this is all the same thing. This is all part of your salvific work in our lives, God. That everything here that doesn't belong would be removed so that everything that does belong, that is here, that is part of your kingdom, can shine through. And so we give you thanks in your name. Amen.